Good evening, church. As, as Kevin usually does, let's go to God in prayer before we go to his word. Father, we thank you for this evening, and Lord, we praise you for how you have acted in history. Lord, we thank you that we can look to you and we can see that you have prepared all of history for your son, Jesus. And Lord, as we do that this evening, we pray that you will open our hearts, that you will open our minds, and that we will see Jesus, and that we will live like he did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When do you know that someone is ready for a task? As a manager at work, I, it is my responsibility to do something that's called succession planning. I have to identify who can fill my position in case I win the lottery. And once I identify this person, I have to also say how long will it be before this person is ready to take up my position. And also what growth opportunities they need to, uh, are needed for this person to get there. It's not, it's not a unique thing. It's something that happens in every aspect of life. And in our passage today, we see transfer of power from one prophet to another prophet. So please turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. And if you're using the Pew Bible, you will find that on page 315. 2 Kings chapter 2 on page 315. I'm going to read from verses 1 through 15, but our focus tonight will be verse 11. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 to 15. The time had come for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord is sending me on to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. The Lord is sending me to Jericho. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came up to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord is sending me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from the sons of the prophets came and stood observing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, which parted to the right and left. Then the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, 
Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? So Elisha answered, Please, let me inherit two shares of your spirit. Elijah replied, You have asked for something difficult. If you see me being taken away from you, you will have it. If not, you won't. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire with horses of fire suddenly appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up to heaven in the whirlwind. As Elisha watched, he kept crying out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. When he could see him no longer, he he took hold of his own clothes, tore them in two, picked up the mantle that had fallen off Elijah, and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle Elijah had dropped, and he struck the water. Where is the God of Elijah? he asked. He struck the water himself, and it parted to the right and the left, and Elisha crossed over. When the sons of the prophets from Jericho, who were observing, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed down to the ground in front of him. So this is our passage, and as I said, we will be focusing on verse 11. We're going to look at some details in this passage, and after that, I have four applications that will help us carry out the mission of Jesus, just as Elisha continued the office of the prophet Elijah. First, um, it's Elijah's day in the passage. Everybody knows it. Everybody who's in the passage, they know it's Elijah's day. This is the day that Elijah will be taken up in the whirlwind to heaven. But Elijah had a remarkable ministry. If you remember uh, the story of Elijah, he had many ups and downs. He was fed by the ravens. He brings the widow's son back to life. He travels for 40 days and 40 nights without food. He hears the Lord speak in the soft whisper. He is at the center when God's power is shown in a great way at Mount Carmel. And he also brings down fire to destroy the messengers of Ahaziah. These are all his ups. And for his downs, his life was constantly in danger. He was chased by Jezebel and by King Ahab. And he even tells God, I am done. I don't want to live anymore. Take my life. I am done. Such was the life of Elijah as a prophet of the Lord. But the Lord knew that Elijah would be done one day. So the Lord tells Elijah in 1 Kings 19 that I want you to anoint Elisha as your successor. Elisha is plowing his field when Elijah walks up to him and throws his mantle over Elisha. And after this, Elisha starts following Elijah. Uh, We don't hear of Elisha anymore until we come to the second chapter of Kings, which we just read. And it was time for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven. Elisha knew this was the day that he would replace Elijah as the prophet of the Lord. And if he didn't know, The Lord made sure that Elisha knew through the prophets who met him at Bethel 
and also at Jericho. Elisha knew. We find Elijah and Elisha at three different cities, and there's no real reason given why they're going from Gilgal to Bethel and from Bethel to uh, Jericho and then to the Jordan. Uh, The only thing we hear is the Lord tells Elijah, go. And in each of these places, Elijah tells Elisha, stay here. But Elisha tells him, no, as long as you're alive, I am going to follow you. Was Elijah trying to dissuade Elisha because of the crazy life that Elisha had? I mean, he was chased after, he he had his ups and he had his downs. It's like, Elisha, let me spare you, just stay here. We don't know, There's there's not a real reason given. Or was it training for Elisha? Okay, your life is going to be crazy, so let's take this crazy trip. Uh, Again, we don't know. I would probably lean towards the training plan, but we don't know. Um, Now, after they cross the Jordan on dry ground, uh, Elijah finally asks Elisha, okay, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do for you before I leave? And Elisha asks a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Of course, Elijah is not the owner, and he's like, It's a difficult thing. Okay, but still, if you see me go up to heaven, then you will have it. Now, with all this, we come to verse 11, which is our focus. The first thing we notice is that they are walking and talking. At this point, I mean, Elijah has already told Elisha that, okay, you will receive a double portion if you see me. What do you think they're talking about? And if you fast forward, we see something similar happen in Acts 1. Jesus has promised the disciples, you will receive the Holy Spirit in verse 4. But then in verse 6, the disciples ask him, are you going to restore the kingdom now? And we heard about that this morning as Travis was preaching. Could that be something that Elijah and Elisha are discussing? How long before the Lord restores everything? How long before we see the promised one, the son of David, who is to rule forever? Remember the kings that Elijah dealt with? They were not very good. And probably how long before all of this, before all of us are with the Lord in heaven? And I'm sure we have asked all these questions also. But again, we don't know what they were talking about, but they were talking and walking. And out of nowhere, you see these chariots of fire, with horse, a chariot of fire, with horses of fire. And these chariots, they separate Elijah and Elisha. The chariots were not meant for Elijah to ride in, right? Because he goes up in a whirlwind. But the chariots we read, they separate the two of them. And then Elijah goes up in a whirlwind. Wind and in verse 12, we see that Elisha sees Elijah take it away. When Elisha cannot see Elijah anymore, he takes up Elijah's mantle, goes back to the Jordan, and uh, hits the, strikes the water with it. And just as Elijah had done before they crossed over the Jordan, now Elisha does it. And when he does it, he goes over to the other side, and the prophets who are watching, they're like, okay. The spirit of Elijah now lives on Elisha. 
Let's look at the chariots in verse 11. Chariots in the Old Testament are typically a sign of power and might. They portray war and they also are used to portray God's judgment. Habakkuk 3, 8 and 9, we see, uh, we read, Are you angry at the rivers, Lord? Is your wrath against the rivers? Or is your fury against the sea when you ride on your horses, your victorious chariot? You took the sheath from your bow. The arrows are ready to be used with an oath, Selah. You split the earth with rivers. And again, we find similar imagery in Isaiah 66. They show God's power and might and also his judgment. Again, in Deuteronomy 33:26, we read, The Lord of Jeshurun rides the heavens to its aid. In Psalm 68, 4, Sing to God, sing praises to his name, exalt him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord and celebrate before him. So God is displaying his presence, his power, and his might when Elijah is taken up into heaven. And he comes between Elijah and Elisha. The ascension of Elijah is not just a natural event. God was there in that place. And he is bringing that about. And he's not just bringing that about, but he's, and it's not judgment Rather, it's blessing. He's taking Elijah up to heaven, but he's also making sure that Elisha gets the double portion of the Spirit. How could he not? He actually said that Elisha would be Elijah's successor. And as I mentioned, the same thing happens in the New Testament when we see Jesus being taken away in a cloud. After Jesus is taken away, a week later, the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit now personally dwells in the disciples, just as Elisha received the Spirit. The, the disciples, they go out and preach the truth about Jesus. They perform the same miracles that Jesus did. People are marveled at their teaching because the disciples were uneducated and untrained. Just as Elisha carried out the work of Elijah, but to a greater extent, the disciples are now carrying out the mission of Jesus to a greater extent. Greater extent in terms of scope and location. Remember, they go to Jerusalem, then to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Jesus said this would happen in John fourteen twelve. Whoever believes in me will do greater things than these. And again, greater in terms of quantity, not quality. And the message the disciples preached is this. Look. God has sent his Messiah. This is the one that the law and the prophets spoke of. The one that David wrote about. Jesus, the son of David. He is the Messiah, the savior of the world. Peter stands up and says, This Jesus whom, who performed all the miracles, he was put to death by your authorities for our sins. Not because he was guilty, but because this was God's eternal plan to judge sin in his flesh. But he did not stay dead. Because he was sinless, and death could not hold him. God raised him from the dead, and he is now seated at the right hand of God. So turn from your sins, repent, and believe, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. This was the message of the disciples. It was the same message that Jesus preached while he was on earth. 
And just as the prophets of Jericho in, uh, saw that Elisha had done the same miracle of splitting the Jordan as Elijah, we should see that the disciples of Jesus were preaching the same message as Jesus did. That faith in him is the only way to be reconciled to the Father. And just as the prophets of Jericho submitted to Elisha, we should submit to the teaching of the apostles in the New Testament and put our faith in Jesus. If you're not a Christian, it's important that you hear this. And if you're a Christian, it's important that you hear this also. Because just as Malachi prophesied that the Lord would send Elijah again, we also hear the angels say that Jesus will come again. Jesus said that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah, and he did according to God's word. And according to God's word, Jesus will come again. He will come again riding on a horse, Revelation 19.11, similar to the chariot imagery in the Old Testament. And at that time, when Jesus comes, he comes to judge and to make war on his enemies. If we are in Christ, we are his friends, and we will be with him in heaven. The question is, are you a friend of Jesus? If not, turn to him now and make sure that you're not on the wrong side when he comes in judgment. So let's look now at how we can carry out the mission of Jesus, just as Elisha continued being a prophet after Elijah. Number one, if you are a Christian, you have received the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit has been given to us so that we can be his witnesses. We heard about that this morning. The disciples were witnesses. And we are called, and we have been given the same calling, to be his witnesses. Let us not shrink back from our calling. Let us make him known. Let us carry on the mission of Jesus, which he gave us in the Great Commission. Number two, there is no reason for us to be fearful. Paul writes to Timothy that we did not receive a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. We should be bold just as the apostles were bold, and they prayed for boldness. We need boldness to speak the truth in love. We need to be a witness to Jesus in power, that is, with full assurance, knowing that it is the true message. And we need to be wise when we speak the truth providing a reasoned defense. The spirit whom we have received, he is a spirit of power, of love, and sound judgment. He dwells in us. He is not a spirit of fear. Number three, we have been given the spirit so we can be conformed to the image of the Son. The spirit sanctifies us. But sanctification is not monergistic like salvation. In our salvation, it was all God, But we have a role to play in our sanctification, and that is why we have so many exhortations in the Bible, and we should follow them. We have to read his word every day. We should deny our flesh every day and not give in to the things of this world. We should walk in the spirit. We should not forsake the gathering of the body. These are the things that we have to do so we can be conformed to the image of the Son, whom the Spirit helps The Spirit helps us to do it. Number four, 
As Elijah discipled Elisha, and as Jesus discipled the apostles, we should also disciple others. Meet up with others in the church and read a book or pray with one another. I think recently when, when there was the, uh, foster, no, uh, the, new, the evangelism seminar, uh, I think there was triplets. I know people who attended are familiar with what I'm talking about. There were triplets of prayer groups, and Bina is in a triplet, and she gets together now with three, two other women, and they're praying for salvation of different people. And I'm seeing things that Bina is doing at work. We should pray, get together with people in the church and pray. And let's also carry out Jesus' great commission, which he commanded us, that we should teach others to obey all that he has commanded us. We should disciple others. In conclusion, I want to ask our, we should ask ourselves, are we ready to carry out the mission of Jesus? Elisha received a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. And we heard this morning, and Paul writes it in Romans, that the same spirit that, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So again, are we ready to carry out the mission of Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have sent your spirit and your spirit dwells in us. We thank you that we have a spirit of power, of love, and of sound judgment. And there is no reason for us to shrink back from what you have called us to do. To bear witness to your name, to become like your son Jesus, to be conformed to his image, and to carry out the great commission. And Father, we pray that you will help us to deny ourselves that we will deny our fleshly desires and that we will not be caught up with the things of this world, but rather we will walk in the Spirit and we will carry out the mission of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.